0: Daily Face Off Podcast comes courtesy of the Nation Network. Here's your host, Brock Seagan, with Dylan D. Berthume and Michael Beebs Bondi.
1: Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to season eight, episode thirty-one of the DFO Fantasy Podcast, presented to you by Betway. I'm your host, Brock segan We got Dylan D. Berthume with us today. Uh, no beebs. We just got a quick little episode today. We're gonna have a lot of content tomorrow. Uh so D, day before the trade deadline, it's been an absolutely insane last couple of weeks. Um, specifically this last week has been absolutely insane so lots to talk about tomorrow uh, but today we're going to be talking about streamers your your absolute specialty
0: my absolute favorite looking at very short sample sizes and just calling out the most ridiculous names that we can think of uh, that might be able to swing a matchup or two on, on the weekend so yeah looking forward to it should be a, a great hockey weekend going to the spits game after this with beaves to watch uh, the spits take on the london knights so that should be a battle uh, so yeah, lots, lots of hockey coming up. It's, it's that time of year and, uh, we're getting into it.
1: Yeah. I was actually supposed to go to the Spitz game tonight as well. And then Beeb messaged me into that. He was going I'm like, well, we can't both be there. So it looks <laughs> like I'm taking the L on this one. So enjoy that. But yeah. Uh, so tomorrow, just to give everybody a heads up or Friday, you're probably listening to this on Friday morning. So keep an eye out for later today. Uh, Dylan Biebs and I are going to be covering the, uh, trade deadline on daily face off. Like I always have, but we're going to try to add a little extra Uh, spice to it do some live reactions tweet some videos out just talking about players and and trades and how we think it could impact fantasy value Uh, obviously a lot of times we try to get ahead of the curve and and make calls you know before they happen so that you can um, you know maybe already have that player on your team when uh, something goes down but obviously tomorrow we're going to just be kind of live reacting and if you're there to to pick up the right guy at the right time hopefully that helps but uh, speaking of getting ahead of the curve we, we talked about um, especially me and you, our favorite goalie kind of to target last week was Jonas Korpisala. We really thought there was a, a chance for him to get traded to a contender. And I actually brought up the LA Kings. I was like, it's probably unlikely because Jonathan quick, like they're not going to move quick. And then right. they did, uh, which was absolutely crazy. But Al, hopefully people picked him up because he really couldn't have landed. Like we were saying last week is probably the ideal spot, um, has a really you know clear path to take that starters role, but we'll talk about Corpus Al and all the crazy trades a little bit more tomorrow. But I just want to say, I don't know if you saw, it was a tweet from Cap Friendly today. The uh, previous two weeks leading up to the deadline, like in in previous, I think he said 20 years, um, the most trades that have ever happened in the two weeks leading up to the deadline was 20 trades. I think as of the tweet, there was 41 trades in the last two weeks leading up to the deadline. And we always know there's going to be a flurry tomorrow as well. So very exciting time. Absolute arms race in the Eastern Conference right now. We're seeing some Western Conference teams get involved as well. But that's all we're here to chat about. Let's get your streamers. For this all right. Weekend.
0: So quick look at the weekend schedule. Uh, pretty standard. We got five games Friday, 12 games Saturday, five games Sunday. So obviously Friday, Sunday, still the games or the nights we're going to be going after here. Um, kind of like last week where they're a little bit busier than usual. So there's a chance that position eligibility might come into play uh, a little bit more than it usually does. Um, but yeah, we're gonna look at the teams playing Friday Sunday, even though there's only five games on each night. There's actually uh, a lot of teams that are rocking the Friday Sunday, uh, yeah, the Friday Sunday split this weekend. Um, we got one, two, three, four, five, six to talk through here. Um, so we'll get right to it. We're gonna start with the Arizona Coyotes um i I love arizona one right now that line is just absolutely cooking and obviously you know the ownership on fantasy has not been catching up we've been talking about nick schmaltz all season the issue with the coyotes this weekend is the matchups are just dreadful they got the hurricanes on friday and then the devils on sunday so not ideal good news is they are both home games the coyotes as we talked about uh you know before on this podcast difficult team to play uh, on home ice you know teams just do not like going in Uh, to a college arena to play professional hockey games and and dressing in, you know, community stalls um, to get ready for the game. And they really seem to be able to abuse that home ice advantage. So they are a bit of a different team, but honestly, more than anything, like the scoring has just been so concentrated in Arizona right now that even if they only get like literally two goals (laughs) across the two games this weekend, you got to feel pretty good about the likes of Nick Schmaltz uh, and Barrett Hayden picking up a point. So Schmaltz, 36% owned, We'll start with him, 18 goals, 24 apples in 45 games this season. He's been incredible. Uh, You guys know how much Biebs loves him, but the guy just will not cool down. He's on a five-game point streak, Uh, seven goals, seven assists in his last 10 games. Left Wednesday's game with an upper body injury, so we do need to monitor his status ahead of Friday's game. Um, So hold on to adding him. Hold off on adding him if you can. problem with Arizona is there's really not much coverage around the team, so I don't know if we will get much of an insight on that uh before warm-ups on Friday night but if he is out Lawson Kraus and Mateus Michelli could be worth a roll of the dice in deeper leagues uh but yeah I'd only go after them in the deepest deepest of leagues just given the matchups Hurricanes and Devils is pretty brutal but Barrett Hayton um I- I'm glad that the schedule lined up this way that we could at least throw him a mention here because he's been one of my favorite players to roll in DFS over the last couple of weeks I've scooped him in the dynasty league got him in the other keeper league and Um, I I just think he's a really great player to go after for the rest of the season. And if you maybe have a middling player towards the bottom of your lineup that's maybe been cooling down or maybe moved down his team's lineup as the result of some trades, I think Barrett Hayton is worth going after in redraft leagues right now. Still just seven percent owned, he's got 11 points in his last 14 games, 48 shots on goal in those games, so over three a game. We love to see it while playing just under 20 minutes a night. And yeah, that line in general has just been clicking with Schmaltz and Keller. Uh, and like I said, that's where the entire team's production is coming from right now. So yeah, even if they only get two or three goals this weekend, I think Hayden is a great bet uh, to pick up a point. And then in points leagues, he should get you some shots as well. Um, So he he is a great option this weekend.
1: Yeah, just going back to Schmaltz for a minute, um, not only, I guess, do you have to monitor his potential upper body injury, but you have to monitor the fact that he could definitely get traded (laughs) tomorrow as well. There's a lot of chatter about that. Um, you know, they moved Bukestad today. Schmalz seemed to be the other guy they were, they are rumored about looking to move. They brought in Vorchek today to help them get to the cap floor if they do start <laughs> selling off pieces. So it does look like they're gearing up, but honestly, even, uh, I, I think I would be willing to pick him up as a streaming target. And then if he does get traded, you know, it depends on where he lands. It could help yeah. his value. It's going to be hard for him to, you know, be playing 20 minutes a night like he currently is, but um, if he does remain in Arizona, yeah, like you said, I've loved this line in DFS. They've been cooking. Their underlying metrics are outstanding. And the one thing, especially now going to, to Barrett Hayton, his shot volume has just been absolutely exceptional. And uh, he, he really gives you, like, especially if you're in a points league, a nice sturdy floor uh, as a streamer. Even if he doesn't get you know end up getting on the score sheet, he's probably going to get you three, four shots, um, you know, Friday and Sunday.
0: Yeah. So the coyotes are a a sneaky team to target this weekend, but there are some teams with some better matchups we're going to talk about here. So, uh, if you, if you don't have the guts to go with them, I, I understand it, but I agree. I think just the floor is super high here, even in the tough matchups because that line's playing so much and just dominating the puck that, uh, yeah, they've, they've just been so consistent. So, uh, moving on, we got the hurricanes, as we said, Friday in Arizona, and then they're back at home Sunday, uh, against Tampa Bay. So, uh, Bit of a one-for-one one there. You get a great match at Friday in Arizona, and then you got the Lightning at home on Sunday. So um, Seth Jarvis, really the only name worth mentioning here in terms of widely available names that you might find on your waiver wire. Uh, he's still just 33% owned, left-wing, right-wing eligible. Um, so definitely one of the best streaming targets if he is available this weekend. If you got the acquisitions to burn, Um, probably wouldn't be a bad play to go with him Friday in Arizona. And then maybe look to some of the other teams that we're going to talk about here in a sec, uh, for Sunday's games. But if you don't, I I still think he'll be fine to roll against the lightning on Sunday. We know how that team and that line can dominate even strength play. Um, so he's definitely one to consider here. He's had some big games of late, uh, kind of a boomer bust play, but you know, we love that in a streaming target to get that kind of upside. He's got two, three point games in his last six, including a hat trick in there. Um, so yeah, love the upside here, especially for Friday's game in Arizona.
1: Yeah, ever since they moved Andrei Svechnikov back up to that top line with Aho and Jarvis, this line's just completely taken off. Their underlying metrics are absolutely outstanding, some of the best in the entire league. Uh, I don't foresee them breaking that lineup anytime soon, and it's been it's been really nice to see kind of this resurgence from Seth Jarvis, especially uh, the shot volume. I was extremely high on him. I have him in every single league this year. And um, Bit of a slow start, but he's really starting to come on. I hope he remains with uh, Aho and Svechnikov. The one thing I guess that's worth mentioning about um about the lighting is that is a back to back for them. So there's a chance that it is Brian Elliott on Sunday, which yep. makes that that matchup for the, the Hurricanes a little bit easier. Uh Elliott's got a lot of wins this year, but he's giving up three goals every single game. So yeah chances are Carolina one can do some damage.
0: And he did just get shelled for seven in his last start. So confirmed. Uh, yes. Um but yeah so he's good at, and even just in keeper leagues, dynasty leagues, if he's somehow still available um or even if you still have him and you're maybe considering moving elsewhere, I he's, he's a good one to hold on to and a good option for next season. Obviously there's a lot that can happen in the off season, but if he finds himself in a similar role next year, uh, I'm sure he'll be one of our favorite breakout targets in the preseason.
1: Yeah. I mean, even some of these games we've seen recently, 19 and a half minutes, one game, 18 minutes. If he can continue to maintain ice time like that, you know, he's going to certainly have a breakout. Hopefully that comes next year for sure. (laughs) Yeah. Uh,
0: And then we got the Canadians. I, i Honestly, I would normally say this is just a hard pass across the board, especially given the turnover that's been there in recent weeks. But uh, they do have a soft matchup on Friday night in Anaheim, and then they go to Vegas on Sunday. Um, so even just that that matchup in Anaheim is enough for me to at least consider Rafael Harvey Um He's been pretty hot lately nine nine percent owned still ten points in his last twelve. Um, so he's really kind of taking advantage of the opportunity he's gotten here. Obviously, a lot of minutes to go in that or to go around in that top six right now. Uh, and his ice time is on the rise, averaging 18 and a half minutes in his last four games. Uh, so, yeah, the matchup Sunday isn't great. The matchup Friday is probably about as good as it can get for the Montreal Canadiens in Anaheim. Um, so, yeah, a bit of a bit of a 50 50 there. Another guy that, again, if you got acquisitions to burn, wouldn't be a bad target for that single game in Montreal or in Anaheim on Friday before maybe moving on
1: elsewhere uh,
0: on Sunday. So uh, I don't like him as much as some of the other names we've already talked about here. But I think in deeper leagues, he's a he's a legit option this weekend.
1: Yeah, one other name I'll throw out there in deeper leagues is Denis Kiryanov just got traded there, and he's on the top line with uh, Nick Suzuki. He played 17 minutes in his in his Canadian's debut. He had six shots on goal. We know that he is an offensive threat, was just kind of buried in Dallas, so maybe this is a, a trade that can kind of reignite him. I think the shot Vaughan, you could get from him if he's playing 17 minutes tonight night is pretty good, but again, the same with uh, Harvey Pinar, definitely deeper league targets um, this, this weekend. For sure.
0: Uh, and then the Devils Friday in Vegas, Sunday in Arizona. Um, so you know, obviously, Vegas might be a tough game on Friday, but again, you get that relief in Arizona on Sunday. Dawson Mercer, 49 percent is still available. You should pick him up. You should have picked him up already. The guy's red hot. We were about a year early on Mercer if you're listening to the podcast last year. Um, but yeah, not surprising at all to see him break through. He had some really impressive numbers as a rookie last year. Um, and now he's getting the ice time with, uh, you know, obviously a, a great play driver and Nico Heischer. Uh, and he has just been on absolute fire. So good chance, and, you know, in most competitive leagues, he's probably been grabbed already, but he is still just 49% owned. So maybe in shallower leagues, you might be able to stream him this weekend. He's a top option if he is available, uh, obviously, especially for Sunday's game in Arizona. Uh, like I said, skating with Heischer, uh and, uh, or sorry, Getting caught up here. Got a little bit of ahead of myself. But the other option that I would go after here is Thomas Tatar, 13% owned. He's skating with Heisher and Mercer on the top line, second power play unit. Um, so this one that's more likely available in, in your league, uh, like I said, 13% owned. He's got six points in his last three games. That line in general has just been on fire. Um, he's left wing, right wing eligible too. So with the slightly busy weekend, uh, you should be a pretty easy fit into your lineup if you do have uh, a busier slate on Friday or Sunday. Um, So yeah, he's a great option this weekend. I think in most leagues and in my leagues, I'm probably going to be looking for Tatar because like I said, he's most likely available. Uh, He's on a hot streak. That line's playing really well and they got some nice matchups this weekend.
1: Yeah, the one thing that's so interesting is I think everybody kind of penciled Timo Meyer into that top line with Nico Heischer, just with kind of the Swiss connection. But the way Tatar, Heischer, and Mercer have been playing, I think it's going to be really difficult to break that line up when when Meyer is ready to make his debut. And uh, that that could lead to Meyer playing with Jack Hughes, which could be absolutely bonkers. Um, It's going to be interesting, too, in that situation. Just get one off topic here, though. Like, if you have Meyer and Hughes on separate lines, like, those are guys who could you know, that take like seven, nine shots a game. Sometimes like that, that is going to be a very, very tough top six to stop. But going back to Mercer for a second, I mean, I don't even think uh, you can say how hot this man is. He has goals in six straight games, nine goals, 14 points in his last seven. Sorry, goals in seven straight games, uh, 14 points, nine goals in seven games. He's been red hot. And yeah, the, the Tatar thing's working up there with T-shirt and Mercer. So if Mercer's gone, Tatar is a, a excellent consolation prize.
0: Definitely. Uh, and then just two teams left here. We got the Kraken Friday in Columbus, Sunday there in Colorado. Um, so as usual, plenty of options here on the Kraken. Nobody wants to own them. Even Vince Dunn had to just grind a point per game for about three months to even get up above the 70% mark. So uh, I would honestly start my streamer search with the Kraken top line. And I think all three of Veneers, McCann and Everly, um are worth consideration this weekend. They're all under 40% owned. Everly the most widely available at 23% ownership. Uh, McCann just on an absolute tear right now 12 points in his last 14, up to 28 goals on the season. Just can't stop putting the puck in the net. We we keep waiting for him to cool down. And it just has not happened. He's just having that kind of year, uh, where he's going to score on one of every five shots. So Absolutely great option this weekend. Obviously, there's some good upside there and a pretty reasonable floor considering the tear that he's been on as well. So he'd be my probably my first choice out of the three as much as I love Beneers, I just think McCann's a little bit more reliable right now. Uh, and then I would probably opt for Beneers followed by Everly. If you're in a deeper league and none of those top three guys are available, then you can gamble a little bit further down the lineup with the likes of Jaden Schwartz or Ollie with George Strand. Uh, and again, if you got acquisitions to burn, would not be heavy or would not be afraid to go heavy on the Kraken on Friday and then pivot to some option on the Devils. Um, as the Seattle Kraken do or are going to Colorado on Sunday, so yeah, you can go after the Devils that we just talked about, or better yet, the Golden Knights. Um, the last team here, Vegas, has uh, New Jersey at home on Friday, as we already said, and then again, uh, at home to Montreal on Sunday, so that. Montreal game is just going to be a fantastic one to target. You know that these guys, if they are still on the wire Sunday morning, they're going to get eaten up once people uh, check their matchups and and see what the games are for the day. So try to get out ahead of it. And and you can even, like I said, throw them out there for that game against New Jersey on Friday if you are short on acquisitions for the week. Riley Smith, 44% owned. Um, Again, may not be available in your league. I've seen him get dropped and added a ton this year. So if the timing's right, uh, you might be able to go after him. Second line and top power play unit. Uh, he's been playing pretty, pretty uh, well lately. So good target there. And then moving down, we got Ivan Barbashev, twenty six percent. Since he's joined Vegas, he's been skating on the top line with Eichel and Mardisso, second power play unit as well. Hasn't quite taken advantage of it yet, um, but I think a guy that we're all interested to see get that runtime in the top six because obviously never really got that in St. Louis, but was always uh, still able to be productive. Uh, getting mostly third and fourth line minutes, so he's one to watch and uh, certainly worth consideration this weekend. Uh, and then we got some more options here. William Carlson 25% owned, centering Smith and Mike Amadio on the second line and the second power play unit. Uh, and then in the really deep leagues, Mike Amadio just cannot get any respect, still just one percent owned. Um, been pretty hit or miss this year, but he's getting the minutes right now. He's on the second line, like I said, with Carlson uh, and Smith, and he's also on the top power play unit. So if you're chasing power play units on Sunday, uh, and you're a little bit late getting to the wire, or like I said, if it's a deeper league, uh, Amadio is actually worth a, a decent crack here.
1: Yeah. never know with the golden Knights either. They could certainly go out and make a big splash tomorrow. And uh, maybe it's somebody that's still just kind of lower owned on a bad team in fantasy and somebody that you could scoop up right away and plug in if they decide to play them this weekend, I think just going back to the Kraken for a second, I'm not sure uh, if you're aware here, but uh, big nights for, for McCann and, and the light like yeah. this evening as well. So yeah, um, yeah, that team—they—they—they they, they, uh, they don't get any respect in fantasy, but across the board, um, you know, they've been pretty pretty reliable. So, uh, yeah, I, I like it. Let's talk about some goalies.
0: Yeah, so we got uh, a few back to backs. I, I honestly think there was about seven or eight this weekend. A lot of them not worth talking about either. You know, some terrible matchups or uh, maybe like the Edmonton Oilers, where you're just not going to find either goalie on the wire. Uh, but we do have a few goalies to go after this weekend and a few matchups to keep your eye on. Uh, Seattle, as you said, we're in Detroit on Thursday tonight, um, or are in Detroit on Thursday, but uh, we'll see how that goes. Um, expect to see Grubauer tomorrow. It's Jones tonight, uh, 27% uh, for Grubauer. So he should be available in most of your leagues if he hasn't been grabbed already. Obviously, we've been talking about him a lot, uh, in recent weeks. And even on the back to back, the Kraken are going to be uh, a big favorite, uh, to take the W in Columbus on Friday. So, uh, Maybe some moving pieces in that in that crack lineup uh, ahead of Friday's game, but either way, Grubauer will be a, a great option tomorrow night. Expect him to get the nod there. Um, and then Brock, do you want to say uh, a Noonan's name? Because I, I tend to have a pretty hard problem with it. Did, did, I, did I do it justice there? Did I do it justice?
1: You did it justice there. Yeah, uh, you bur- you butchered it when we were chatting about him yesterday. But justice to Noonan. Anunin- Pretty highly regarded goaltending prospect has had, you know, some up and down performances, but playing behind a really, really good hockey team that could get Kale McCarr back this weekend as well.
0: Yeah, and he's an interesting one. Obviously, there's some risk here. He gave up seven goals last night. Um, So some big, big risk here. Uh, They're in Dallas on Saturday, so you can expect Jorgiev to get that start. Um, And I don't expect Francois to be ready to go for Sunday. Um, So probably looking at a Noonan again on Sunday, he should get another crack to get back in there. Honestly, I would probably save him for points leagues only just because they do play the Kraken on Sunday who are kind of like, you know, the Hurricanes junior and that they're going to dominate the pocket and get a lot of shots, but maybe not create the most high danger chances. So it is a really good chance for him to stack up the saves and, and get uh, a lot of work in that game. So certainly a lot of risk there considering the goals uh, that, that could come in. And like we said, we just saw him give up seven um last night but if if the Avs are able to pull out the win you got to expect that he's going to probably face at least 30 shots in that game so it it could be a pretty rewarding uh start in points leagues definitely like we said a lot of risk there uh and then you got your red wings they're on long island saturday uh in philadelphia on sunday so obviously that that game in philadelphia is the one that we're going to be going after here how do you feel about going after your boy magnus helberg on sunday
1: brock yeah helberg uh pretty up and down. He, uh, I don't know if, uh, I mean, you will remember him, but Jonas Gustafson, former Maple Leafs goalie, former Red Wings goalie, very similar to Magnus Helberg. It, it seems Helberg just makes absolutely massive saves that he has no business making and gives up super soft goals. <laughs> you know, by and large, he's been pretty solid this year. Kind of like a nine Oh five guy. Um, certainly no Billy Huso but a matchup with the, with the flyers, I would be certainly willing to take a chance on them. Red Wings are still playing pretty well, even though they're, they're selling off some pieces, uh, I would imagine that the Flyers will be a couple pieces short, maybe JVR, maybe Kevin Hayes, uh, list by this weekend. So should be an even better matchup for them. And uh, yeah, I feel okay about Hellberg. Like I, I think I'd rather take the chance on Hellberg than a Noonan, um, but it would be pretty close.
0: I, I I was gonna say I think Hellberg I would lean towards more in category leagues just because the splits are probably a little bit safer and probably maybe a little bit more likely to get the win, right? But yeah, I think a noonan, like I said, just offers a little bit more upside in points league. So I think that's how I would yeah,
1: and just one. a better matchup, right? Like even if yeah. they're even if you could argue a Noonan is perhaps a better goalie it's just the matchup is is just certainly in um Helberg's favor, yeah, exactly.
0: Uh, and then the last one to talk about here, we got the Tampa Bay lightning there in Buffalo on Saturday in Carolina on Sunday. So, you know, who we're talking about here. He seems to get a mention every week, Brian Elliott, just 5% owned again, plenty of risk here considering he just got shelled for seven in his last start. Um, but still one that's worth considering. And again, uh, If he ends up getting the Hurricanes on Sunday, we'll see how it switches out. The Lightning do sometimes opt to go for Elliott in the softer matchup, even if it is the first of the two, um, which would definitely be the Sabres, even though there's a lot of scoring threats there on that team. Uh, But yeah, if he gets to start Sunday, there's going to be some risk there. He's still going to be, I I would think they're probably a slight favorite on the road in Carolina on Sunday. Uh, At worst, it's probably a coin flip. Um, And then again, in points leagues, he's definitely worth the risk because, you know, the Hurricanes are going to rack up the shots against him and and give him a chance to really pad those point totals uh, with his save. So, again, another start that's a little bit safer to go after in points leagues. And maybe you want to, you know, make sure that you're not really putting your splits at risk in in a category league and going with Elliott on Sunday. If you're chasing the win, I would honestly probably go Helberg instead just because I don't think Philly can really do that much damage to Detroit. Not in the same way that Carolina could potentially to Elliott. Grubauer, um, I think, is definitely the pick of the weekend. If he is available, get out ahead of it uh, and get that start tomorrow on Friday.
1: Yeah, I think maybe one thing to look at is Elliott has faced the Sabres twice this year already. Uh, he's won both of those games. So maybe they'll look at that and say, you know, let's go w- w- with Elliott against the Sabres and, and save Vass for a slightly tougher matchup on, on Sunday. So I wouldn't be shocked if it's Elliott on Saturday. Uh, you know, Vasilevsky going tonight against the Penguins. So wouldn't be uh, totally surprised there. Agreed. So that's it for the weekend streamers. We got one more co- topic to cover here. Let's put on our betting caps uh, and, and talk about some, you know, we talked about the arms race that's going on in the Eastern conference right now, and all these teams are loading up and it's like, who is really going to, End up emerging from this Eastern Conference because every one of these top teams is absolutely loading up. Uh, these odds come to you from our friends at Betway. And I just want to know who you would bet on right now. If you had to pick heading into Friday's deadline, who is the most valuable of these teams? We've got Boston at plus 200, Toronto at plus 400, Carolina at 450, New Jersey 500, Rangers 550, Lightning 800. And then you get into the Penguins, Panthers um sabers islanders down the list but of those top six teams that all seem to be loading up who do you think has the most value of emerging from the eastern conference
0: i i think just uh the two metro teams and probably you could throw the, hur- the hurricanes in there as well are definitely worth um some consideration simply because i i just think they have a much easier route um to the to the cup finals you know Boston obviously should get a pretty easy matchup in the first round there, but you got Toronto and Tampa squaring off against each other, and then Boston having to play the winner of that. Um, so yeah, it's really going to be just a slaughterhouse coming out of the Atlantic Division. Whereas the Metro, I just don't think it's that bad. So I, I would honestly just say pick your horse, whichever one of those three that you like the best. It's it's hard not to get excited about the Rangers right now with all the acquisitions they've made, and it's really hard to think that they're not the best team on paper. Um, so yeah, I, I do think I would lean that way. The fact that they're still plus five fifty. Um, and have the best odds out of them, the Devils and the Hurricanes, to make the Eastern Conference Finals, I I do think that that's probably the most enticing Um, because, yeah, I I think that, like I said, those Metro teams just have a much easier route, um, and it's just going to come down to really who's playing well at the time, who's really heating up going into the postseason and i just think it bodes well for the rangers you know they made their moves relatively early obviously the cane one is a little bit tighter than the deadline sankles had about uh, a week week and a half already to settle in so um I, I think they've set themselves up nicely here to give them some time to really find that groove um and probably uh, hopefully be hitting their stride right before the postseason and like i said i think it's just a much easier route that whichever one of those three teams makes it to the conference finals will probably be a dog to whoever's coming out at the atlantic um, but yeah, I, I like the Rangers. I, I think if I had to pick right now, they would be my team to come out of the Metro and make the conference finals. Uh, and then at that point, you're just trying to flip a coin to get into the, to the cup finals. So I, I, I like, I like the, yeah, the Rangers.
1: Yeah. It's, it's interesting because if you take a look at those Metro teams too, right? Like you'd have to, he's struggled a little bit lately, but you'd have to think that the Rangers have the best goaltender there as well. Frederick Anderson's been solid, but injury prone and stuff. You never know what's going to happen. The hurricanes just look at last year. Uh, check has been really good this year, but you'd still have to give the nod there to the Rangers. And like you said, they've added a boatload of talent. They certainly need to shore things up defensively, but you'd have to like their prospects of coming out. And then just hopefully they can, you know, maybe in the Atlantic side, they just beat the shit out of each other so much that the Rangers uh, can just take it to the, the East or to the Stanley cup finals. For me though, I look at Tampa Bay at plus 800. It's just such a large number for a team that is still got a ton of talent. Um, obviously they've made some big moves, some, you know, questionable whether or not, you know, you want to give up that much for Tanner Janot? Probably not, but I still think that he's a pretty decent hockey player. That's going to be a, a force for them in the postseason. And you look at the, the team that they've got with, with, Maroon and, and Perry, and now you got Janot, they got some big guys in the back end, like Chernak, and they're just kind of built for the postseason and lots of experience as well. Obviously the, the world's best goalie is still an Andre Vasilevsky. So I still think that there's a lot um, to like about the lighting. I still don't think that they have played their best hockey this season, but if you look at them at plus 800, you know, you got to factor in that the Maple Leafs still have not won a playoff round in, who, in Lord knows how long. And you, you, you got to think that going into that series, even if the Maple Leafs are more talented, that the Lightning have just as good of a shot of winning. And then obviously getting by the Bruins is going to be tough, but I'm not laying any money on the Bruins at plus 200. So at plus 800, I do think that the Lightning... Are the most interesting on this list. I mean, they have the longest odds before you get to, you know, all the wild card teams. So I like them given their their experience, given their goaltending. They've made some moves. I like them at plus eight hundred. But either way, I I think that the Rangers are a fine fine pick as well. If you wouldn't have talked Rangers, I would have definitely thought about taking them as well. So uh, lay those bets at Betway and let's make some money going into the Stanley Cup Finals. Anyway, it's going to do it. Uh, for season eight episode 31 of the dfo fantasy podcast like i said tomorrow we've got all sorts of stuff if you're listening to this on friday it's today keep an eye out at dfo podcast on twitter at dfo fantasy on twitter we're going to be doing live reactions uh what we're going to be trying to do is basically um piece together a bunch of live reactions into one full episode so that you guys can you know get caught up on all of our uh feelings on all the deals you know, normally on the trade deadline, the morning is a lot slower as well. So we're going to go back. We're going to talk about Timo Meyer. We're going to talk about Patrick Kane, all the big trades that have happened already and all the ones to come tomorrow. So thank you guys so much for tuning in. Keep an eye out for us tomorrow. Until then, we'll see you then. Peace. The biggest names in tennis are coming to Paris for the most anticipated Roland Garros in years. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD